0: Lord of God. Amen. You love the Lord? Amen. Amen. It's good to be a Christian. Amen. Come on. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. You ever heard that song? No? Never heard that one? Okay. It's an old song, but it's good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Worthy is the Lamb Amen. that was slain. He's worthy. Love him appreciate him and uh, thank you so much for your hard work and labor we do appreciate it and uh god's been good to us and pray for us we still got a little sickness but i think everybody's making it to church tonight up our way so amen it's a good report so getting on the men. so amen. praise god amen it's good to see your smiling faces here good to see brother tucker family amen all you folks love y'all appreciate y'all my extended family I tell everybody about you amen amen all my grandchildren and nieces and <laughs> <laughs> nephews <laughs> just kidding um, I tell my wife you know everybody's I'm older than everybody you know so tell their age You know, I'm I'm older you know but Hey, that's what happens. You know, when you get older, you just get older. So, amen. It's pretty logical stuff there. Amen. Get older. One day we're going to meet him, though. I'm glad. There'll be no more night. Amen. It's going to be a glorious time. We'll shout around the throne and a million years will give way and there'll be another million. Um. I'm looking forward to that. Until then, though, amen, we've got to labor, amen, I appreciate this, and we can do this and work for the Lord, and He's not going to forget our labor of love, amen. So remember that, don't hang your head, your head down or hang your harps in the willow, there's coming a day, it ain't always going to be like this, Amen they say, so, hallelujah, why don't we turn in our Bibles, want to talk to you here, thank you again for your prayers and all, keep praying for the Ukraine, we're in Hebrews chapter number 11, I'm going to be over in um, uh, Jeremiah 28, and then we're going to be in John, uh, well, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew 3. I switched that up today. Remember that? Matthew 3, Jeremiah 28, Hebrews 11. One verse in Hebrews. And I'll, I'll, I'll read that last. I want, I want to read Matthew 3 first, then we'll go to Jeremiah, and then we'll go to um, Hebrews. Praise God. Matthew 3, verse 1 through 2 and 3. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Over in Jeremiah, verse Number 15 of 28. 28 and 15 of Jeremiah. Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Chapter 29, verse 1. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders, which were carried away captives, and to the priests, and to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 4, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon, build ye houses, and dwell in them, plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them, Take ye wives, beget sons and daughters, and take ye wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which he caused to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Finally, in Hebrews 11 and 5, one verse here. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. I want to preach here just for a moment or two on our testimony in perilous times. Amen. Our testimony in perilous times. Father, we ask you to move. A mighty way here tonight, Lord. We haven't come expecting just the mundane, the repetitious, the status quo. I'm believing you, God, to move, to crown this service with the altar call and touch every heart. Let every word that goes forth, not fall to the ground. God, let it not be, God, anything but anointed. God, help me, God. I'm nothing. I'm just nothing, God, without you. God, we give you the glory. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these believers here and those here tonight, Lord. Maybe straddling, maybe questioning, God. Help them, God, to draw close, Lord. The time is coming. It's getting short, Lord. And God, you know it is and we know it is. And we thank you for the word of God. Anoint your precious word now in Christ's name. And we bind every devil in Jesus' name. I'm going to try to do part one tonight here, part two will kind of be a kind of continuation here, or a little different thought, but just on this idea, and um, Peter said, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance amen I, I remember years ago I worked for the sheriff's office down over in Florida Swanee County and they hauled a fella in one night kind of a sizable stature fella you know about 6'4 250 pounds long black jet black hair Indian features I mean just a, a, a you know big dude and um uh, they hauled him in, and, and I'm booking him in. I'm booking this fella in. And, long story, just as short as I can, you know. It turns out this fella, they'd arrested him and some others for going around, um, and busting up into these, uh, drug houses, impersonating federal law enforcement officers or law enforcement, you know. And, um, He had a spree of this going on through the southeast, and they finally caught him. They caught him, caught up to him after several of these things in Suwannee County. Lo and behold, out in the sticks, they busted up in some place over there with some drug dealers, and they put them all on the deck, you know, and and stole all their money, and I think they stole their drugs too and all that stuff, you know. And uh, I did several of these, and I thought, well, why are you arresting him? Hire the fellow, you know. (laughs) And, and I'm being facetious. You know, can't steal, none of that. You know, we need to get the money and buy new equipment for the sheriff's office and all that So, But uh, this fellow, you know, he he was, I'm looking at his jacket, and I'm, 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 you know, he's a Vietnam veteran. And he's very decorated. And I'm thinking he could just snap my neck like that, you know, and I'm here, and he's up here, and I'm, you know, I fingerprinted him and all that, and and his name was O.B. Childers. We called him Chief for good reasons. And, um, anyways, old Chief, you know, we got him got him into jail, got him all booked in and everything. And I looked a little further at his jacket; just amazing, you know. And he just messed up, and he, they arrested him again, put him, got him up in there one night. Though on up while well, he'd been incarcerated, maybe a year, I don't know. I was up in there one night, and, and and he um, he. Pitch fit in the pod, and um, he got rode up for something, and he just went off. And so me and another officer, they sent us in there. <laughs> okay, we'll go in there. And I knew him; I'd established a rapport with him, though. I I'd, I'd, I'd got you know just i mean he's there i'm working the control room i'm doing rounds or something like that you know i was in the jail i was due certified so i could be out on patrol i could be in the you know whatever they you get due certified they put you wherever you they want you you know so so i was in there and he and and and, and he got just went buck wild and and um just screaming and threatening and 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 we had to go in there, into the pod, and we started to talk to him. And he started screaming at me and Officer Dave over there. And, and uh, so we let him vent. And, and behind me, if you've been in the pods, behind me was a control room. And every deputy out on the road come in. Every single body come into the control room. And they're watching to see what's up here, what's going to happen. And they want a part of it. And they want a part of chief. And chief wants a part of them, and I'm in between all the whole mess, and and the other officer. So he he went on, and 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 I'd been witnessing to him, and he just started screaming, yelling, and 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 and, and you know, uh, and, and carrying on. And he got over to me and said, "You officer Matt, you ought to know better." You know, and he and he and he uh, uh, he said, "I'm a man," you know. I said, "Yeah, just just yeah." I, I believe you. And, uh, and, you know, this towering, and, 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 you, you know, you can do it. You're Jesus. And then he proceeded to say some stuff that was quite irreverent and disrespectful toward Jesus. Well, right about that time, something hit me like a bolt of lightning. The Holy Ghost. And he got done, and he said, you could take your Jesus and you can, you know, expletive, expletive. And I I said, okay. And that's when it just, everything changed. I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. Because he's talking about my Jesus. And um, I said, are you quite done? You know, something along that lines. And he just sort of stopped. Because, I don't know, maybe he heard a little authority in my voice. I don't know. And and I was. I, I was serious about it. I said, you need to just come on over here and sit down right over there on that steel bench. You know, them steel tables they got up in there. And, 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 and you need to sit down right over there, and we'll talk, we'll talk about this. And there, All the while, more eyes are looking. I can feel them, you know. And they're watching. I said, first of all, let me tell you something, Chief. I said, you're going to stand in judgment one day. And you, you, you know, and I just gave him the gospel. I'm preaching to him like I'm preaching on campus, you know. You better repent. Amen. You're going to go to judgment. And, and that fella, he just welled up in tears, dropped his head right on the table, and he started to bawl like a baby. We got it all worked out. He had to do his little deal. And he apologized. But the reason I told you that story is, you know, Everybody's watching. We've got a testimony. Everybody in Suwannee County Sheriff's Office knew Brother Matt, the preacher. Get your dirty jokes and take them out of here. I'm not listening to that. Oh, the preacher's here. You know, I had shift change one time and several of them gathered up around the table. One of them a backslid preacher's son. And he's that, He's there, old Donnie Brown. And he... he uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking about Jesus is coming, and, and the Trump is going to sound, and, and y'all ain't ready. I mean, that's where I'm at. And they're like, quiet. And, and, and the backslid preacher's son said, you know, if the trumpet sounds right now, the only one that would go out of this group is, is Brother Matt. They're watching. They're watching. And the importance of our testimony. We would be serious When we consider the prospect of our testimony. It is important. Amen. How it will affect our eternity. And all eyes are upon us. How then, One, I think it was Chuck Colson wrote a book, How Then Shall We Live? Amen. How are we going to live? Fell through a rock at me. I lost a state one time, whoever it was. And I remember, you know, that that crowd was looking. Oh, what's Brother Matt going to do? You know, big old piece of railroad rock hit me right there in the collarbone. It's smarted. And, and and they're thinking he's gonna pick it up, throw it up? you know, the police are there looking, they ain't no more gonna find who threw that rock, the man on the moon. Two hundred people out there. And so I picked the rock up and I said, I need the person that threw this rock from the crowd to get up here and stand right next to me, because the Bible says and they're looking at me, you know. The Bible says, he that's with his last sin among you, cast of her stone. I need you up here, right here and now. Right here. Stand right here. Well, nobody came and stood next to me. but They're watching though, aren't they? What, what, what is old brother Matt going to do here? Amen. And, and so the testimony, more than one definition we're talking about, not the one salvation, you know, the miraculous and all that. We have a testimony and everything. But it is, for our text in here, is how we live. How we live. Enoch, here, as a representative by faith, was translated, but his testimony pleased God. Enoch, amen, his conduct made his testimony crystal clear. I want to please God. I want to live in a way that is visible, observable, unassuming, and obvious. He pleased God. Enoch walked with God, Genesis 5 and 22. Amen. It's quite an accomplishment to sum up one's life in four words. That he pleased God. That you and I can please God. What of our testimony, though? The devil, amen, really is interested in your testimony. I mean, he wants everything messed up. He wants misrepresentation. He wants everything fragmented, stolen, destroyed, especially your testimony, amen. He wants that, amen, destroyed. Amen. I remember when I got arrested the first time in Montgomery. Those officers were lying through their teeth. Amen. I didn't have to say a word. American Family Association defended me. The lawyers were there. I mean, they're getting after it. They said I was out there on the street, two, 300 people. I was jumping up on hoods of cars, and 300 people were out there. It was a big mob, and that was a complete lie. My testimony was, and everything was dropped. These lawyers found them fellows out to be liars. Their testimony wasn't very good. John said in 8 and 44, When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Satan is at war with people who have a godly testimony. And the dragon, Revelation 12, 17, was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You gotta keep the commandments of God, don't you? There are some prerequisites and some conditions, amen. And so the verse in principle is timeless here. Amen. That he pleased God. Satan is continually wroth. He's always at war with you and I who faithfully obey God's commandment in our lives. And the attack on the godly will not go for just a season, but it will continue unabated until we hit the gate. Amen. Up there. He's furious. He's infuriated with true Christians. And we see this in our ministry. You always see it. The anger, they're livid, they're incensed. Amen. And the testimony is, amen, that we are pleasing God. Amen. He makes war with the saints. That is a timeless truth, amen. He's always going to and fro as an opportunist, amen, attempting to destroy your testimony, my testimony. He doth plan his attacks, amen, very well. Time after time, badgering you and I, day by day, but we've got to maintain our testimony, don't we? It's got to be sterling. It's got to be good. And it's got to be clean. Yes, Enoch, you know, let us not think that attempts were not made to tarnish this great preacher's testimony, because they were. Amen. Surely preaching like he did drew the ire of many, many, many people. And I'll quote the verse here. Amen. In Jude, verse number 14, I believe, here. Amen. Back then. He said these words, or at least it was described in Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them that have all their ungodly deeds, which have they have ungodly committed and all of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. What do you think the key word in that verse is? Now, I want to consider this in light of, you know, John the Baptist here. We got Enoch really kicked us off here, but John the Baptist here. We see that they tried to break this preacher. They threatened him. They pressured him. Amen. They're trying to break this man's unbending spirit. He was badgered. He was mocked. But he maintained his testimony. He also pleased God. John the Baptist. Notice what Jesus said of this faithful martyr. Over in Matthew 11 and 7, it's kind of a tribute and a testimony of John by Jesus himself. Amen. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. Somebody arrayed in soft raiment. What did you expect? Hmm. Jesus likes candid people. Jesus likes Nathanael's. You know, a man in whom there's no guile. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Is there any good thing that can come out? Jesus' candor. He likes that. He, he, He desires that. Not rude, not brazen. I'm just saying people that are bold in the Holy Ghost. Amen? You know the difference, right? And so Jesus testified of John to this. He refused to compromise. He had a righteous character. He's unwavering, amen, in his stand against sin. He's unyielding, amen, in his fortitude. the popular public opinion of the day. The Jewish authorities in the day overlooked Herod's sin with silence, but John rose up against it. Rock-solid John displaying with utmost fidelity to God and His Word and God's evaluation, amen, of our ministry. Our character, amen, our stand against God, uh, against sin rather, is determined by what kind of testimony we possess. Do we please God? Have we pleased God? John would have been beheaded a little quicker today, I guess. I don't know. In the, than in the days of Herod, but just a few thoughts here. Amen. John was convinced of his calling. He was full of the Holy Ghost and fire. He was thrown into a dungeon, ultimately, amen, and it was located over there in Jordan. It was sort of this fortified fortress, that palace that um, Herod had turned into a palace, this fortress. And, 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 and John wasn't down there saying, you know, I never thought it would be like this. I didn't think I would have, he didn't have that mindset. He knew exactly what he was getting into. I thought Christianity was baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet, or Dodge, or Ford. No. No. A thousand times no. Nonsense. Amen. Be gone with that idea. And so, he may have had an iron collar around his neck. He may have been chained to a wall there. Amen. Stripped of his garments, but he held fast with his unbending faith in Christ. He wasn't just, you know, putting on a show out there, and he caves in, you know, he like a broken, you know. No, not John. He knew for the cause that he was suffering for. And the Bible says, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. And so John was convinced, Amen, there's no reason to waver. Amen. The callings the callings of God are without repentance. God calls. You can never do God's work if you wonder about it. You can never do the work of God if you just wonder about it. And 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 one, one writer said, Can anything be sadder than work left unfinished? Yes. Work never begun. That's the truth. And so if you constantly question the Word, if you're worried about acceptance, amen, the calling, amen, and all of that, listen, if you've been called, I've been called, I've got to have this spirit, amen. we all been called really here to a greater or lesser degree, amen, young and old, whether you like it or not. And if you're not doing what you should do, then this is for you. For emphasis, amen. The word of God came to John, amen, and he pleased him. Enoch's testimony pleased God. John's testimony, he pleased God. But it was a particular message from God. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. He's he's out in the wilderness, probably 20 to 30 years of age. For about 10 years, he's in the wilderness. He's meditating. He's pondering on the condition of the times. It's dark, and it's the same for us in this generation we live in. We need the mind of God before we go out there. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost before we go out there, don't we? we got to have God's power, as I tried to preach last night, amen. He didn't come out of a powwow with some religious leaders, amen, as to how to, you know, intonate his voice and, you know, to, to, you know, the why-fours and the where-fours and all that and the these and the thou's. He didn't have speech class, amen. He had the Holy Ghost show him how to talk, amen. And he's out there with his garment and that eating that locust and wild honey, you know. You can imagine he was a sight. And so John, amen, he came and he heralded that which was pressed upon him from above. God put the message in his heart. He didn't think about it in a book. He didn't get it from someone else. He got it directly from above. Amen. And Jesus' testimony of John, amen, was what did you come out here to see? A reed shaken in the wind. He knew the character of John. It came in a time of great darkness. Tiberius Caesar was in charge. He was in reign. And he was trying to just master the world. He was trying to do this world dominion you know, and, and and people like Pontius Pilate. These people were around at the time of John the Baptist when he started preaching. Pontius Pilate, Herod, Phil, uh, Philippi, Lycanius, high priests like Annas and Caiaphas, Caligula, Pilate, tetrarchs, emperors, governors, not to mention the degenerate Commonwealth of Israel at the time. They were divided and ruled by the factions that be. And the word of the Lord came not to Rome. It did not come to Jerusalem. It passed over the emperors. It went over the governors. It went over these tetrarchs. It went over the movers and shakers. Amen. Does this sound familiar? Who does God use? He's not looking for the wise. I'm looking for the base. I'm looking for somebody that will obey me. And just say, yes, sir. I'll do what you told me to do. You see, it lighted upon a man that was prepared, John the Baptist, for ten years in the wilderness. And that is significant. Amen. At this point, about 1,900 years had come and gone. But now the word of the Lord is coming forth. And imperial Rome knew nothing about it. And our nation knows little about it as well. And Washington, D.C. doesn't know much about it. And the rest of America doesn't know about it for the most part. See, it created a ripple. No, a tsunami. I mean, he preached, and, and, and it was until this day. The world continues on its own blind rebellion. But John came forth with this message. And Enoch come forth with the message. And Jeremiah came forth with the message. Amen. I ain't got time to go, everybody. We'll just touch a few. Amen. But it touches every class. It touches every creed. It touches every color, every condition of mankind. All of Judea went out to hear him. Even Herod heard him eagerly and, 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 and gladly. And so, even when he was wallowing, amen, in his spilt, he respected John. Amen. They put him in a prison to protect him from a wanton woman, to keep him safe, actually. And reverberating over hill and over dale, they came to hear the great preacher. At the river Jordan. Down there. Repent. Amen. Make restitution. Amen. Do not extort by violence. He's telling them. You give everybody the right amount of wages. And if you got two coats. You give people one of them coats. Amen. And he went right down the line. It was a preparatory message. For things to come. I mean really big things to come. Christ himself. You see that's important in evangelism. Christ's message. Could not prevail until John's message went before it. He's the forerunner. He's going to preach repentance. Amen. And, and repent, bring forth. Amen. Oh no, brother! Grace, 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 grace. We start with love, 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 love. No, we don't. Don't, 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 don't. We start with the law, 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 law. And then we uh, lay the law down, and the laws are schoolmasters to show people where they're going wrong. And and it's very important that we do that first. And if we don't, we got the you know, the, the the horse following the cart, it don't work. And I know you know this. It's good to be reminded though. And so, you know, just suppose, for instance, the message from John the forerunner and the necessity for that message was just gone. If so, then what was Jesus' message from the onset of his ministry? In Matthew 4 and 17, From that point on, he began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. That is where he began, and Jesus never departed from it. And this is always the starting point. And that is why they were unshaken reeds in that hour, these men. They never deviated from the message. But Jesus, you know, Jesus was more tender. Jesus was nice. Don't you know it's not nice to name people's names? <coughs> Haven't you ever heard about the power of positive thinking? Hmm. Well, you know, I was in O'Reilly's one day that, at home. That, and and you, you ever been in a store and people walk in, they're like, you know, I own this place. They just bust up in there and they, they're loud, they're talking on their phone, they're telling everybody their business, you know, and... You know, you just can't help but overhear it. Like we really don't want to hear this, but you know, and 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 these two fellas coming into Riley's. I mean, wide bodies, purple, pink hair, red-looking hair, tattooed up. You know, both of them heavy, heavy-duty. You know, and they come up and really, no, no offense, guys, I'm just. But 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 it was like you know they're you know they're loud, you know obnoxious and just. I don't buy it. And they're taking God's name in vain. One time they did I said, you know, okay. So I'm okay. All right. Just easy, easy map. Easy Easy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad I just looked at him, you know, and I said, oh man, all times, why me? Why? Just can't I come in here and I'm just trying to buy a part for my car, you know? And, 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 well, the, yeah, it's a piece of blanket. Blank. Don't buy that stuff. I go, to am going buy, it, you know. And on and on they went, and just, just and they got in line. Finally, um, they got up to the counter, and I'm at the counter, and the fellow went out back to get something, and they were conversing back and forth, and he took the names of the Lord in vain again, Brother John. So I just squared up to him. I said, uh, "Excuse me, sir." But I'm a Christian, and I do not appreciate you taking God's name in vain. Well, he squared up to me. <laughs> and he said, uh, excuse me, taking the, that's not taking the Lord's name in vain. You need to read your Bible. And he sounded like a, a real sissy kind of guy, you know. I, thought, well. I said, well, you better read your Bible because you, you're just breaking God's commandment there, taking God's name in vain. And the fellow dealing with me right there, the worker, you know, he went... I'm. I i do not know anything, man. I'm, I'm not part of this, and there. Everybody's looking, you know. You say, God put me there for that reason. He puts us in Dollar General when they're checking out. He puts us there, amen. To say, well, what do I, should I say? The uh, checkout number two's open. There's my queue. Y'all are gonna check
1: out of here one day.
0: There's your queue. God wants to use you and I. He doesn't want a broken, you know, this kind of thing. What did you expect? I mean, in this hour. He's calling them, you offspring of vipers, John said. Jesus said he was being called a devil, a wine viper, a glutton, amen, in league with Satan. And on and on it goes. He's calling them serpents, two-pole children of hell. The note, uh, you know, that severity was there. It was there. The order was there also. And John the Baptist and his message are always going to prepare the way for Christ. You see, we're going to have a lot more detractors and a lot more critics than Donald Trump ever had. Every Sherlock Holmes is going to come out and going to strain with his little microphone, micro, that deal that you look through there, that. Yeah, that thing. Right? Yeah, you don't know, like that. You know, just, you know, just strain that natch, you know. I can't find anything. You ever been there? You know. do You go 56 and 55. Well, you you should obey the speed. limit. I'm not throwing on that. Right? But all the time. it's That's all you can find. I mean, they're going to have their little Sherlock Holmes little trial on you. Every gnat. Amen. every pseudo-spiritual sniper is going to be up trying to shoot at you and me in this hour. Listen, folks. John slept better in that dungeon than Herod, Herod ever slept with that floozy up, there, up in there. Free from the blood of all men. Why? Because the testimony was, John pleased God. That was the testimony. His life... Revolved around Christ, and Christ was his life. You see, is it a small wonder that Jesus said to the crowd, still quaking under conviction, "What did you expect to come out here to see?" Amen. You, a, a foaming at the mouth, Holy Ghost filled prophet. I mean the greatest ever born in the history of mankind yet the least in the kingdom of God. That was the testimony of Jesus of John. Amen. And so we go here to Jeremiah from John the Baptist. We want to move here. He's martyred ultimately by Herod Herodias and all of you know the story. But we move to Jeremiah and I've read the account there Amen. In Jeremiah chapter 28 and 29. But in Jeremiah 27, he warned them, if you don't serve Nebuchadnezzar, whom God gave authority, whom God gave authority, amen, to rule the lands and the people there. In other words, I'm sick of it. You're going into captivity for 70 years. It's done. I've had enough of this, up and down, repent, you don't listen, on and on, your rebellion, your idolatry, your whoredoms, everything, I'm sick of it, you're going into captivity. And so, he's got Nebuchadnezzar over that. He put him there, he puts him up and he sets him down, you know that. I mean, we got something up in there that's... Don't get me started, right? He said, you're going to be punished with sword, with famine... And with pestilence, if you don't obey King Nebuchadnezzar. And I'm putting that in my own words. In other words, amen, hearken not to those liars and those diviners that prophesy lies in my name. You see, God told Jeremiah, uh, 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 Zedekiah the king at the time, he said, You bring your necks under yoke. You bring yourself under submission to this king, Nebuchadnezzar. Serve him and And live, he said. Because after 70 years captivity, you're going to return, and God is going to restore Jerusalem. You see, the cry in the wilderness was not heeded really very well in the days of Jeremiah. Amen. And so the false prophets of the day, you read the story of a man by the name of Hananiah. And in like fashion, we see as Jeremiah is walking the streets of Judah with a yoke around his neck, signifying captivity for 70 years because of all the idolatry and all the abominations that are going on. Amen? We've got a man by the name of Hananiah. And Mr. Hananiah is, is you know, over the uh, Mighty Warriors team at the at the Healing Hands Church or something, you know. And, and you know, we're bikers for Jesus. You know, we're... Strippers for Jesus. You know, you can imagine the kind of nonsense that goes on. We're campaigning, you know, for Pat Robertson and the kingdom now. We're going to take charge of this thing. and We're going to get this thing ready for Jesus to come back. You ever heard that? Yeah, that's called kingdom now theology. You know, we're all part of Hananiah kind of had that spirit, you know, and I'm kind of making it interesting here. We're part of Joel's army, you know. We're mighty warriors. And, and, and he's there. We're going to, you know, and, and he breaks the yoke off Jeremiah's neck. And he said, there ain't no way King Nebuchadnezzar is going to rule me. Or, or, you know, and he's prophesying falsely. And he's telling him, you know, this ain't, this ain't going to happen. The, and then Jeremiah said, listen, I hope it's true. Amen. I hope it comes true. I hope that, that we don't go into captivity. But I'm sorry, Mr. Hananiah. You're a liar. You're divining false lies. This is not going to happen. Thus saith the Lord. In fact, within this year, Hananiah, you're going to die. And in fact, within two months of that, thus saith the Lord from Jeremiah, he died and he went straight to hell. That's a high price to pay for spiritual treason. Huh? I mean, apostasy and, and, and all that. Jeremiah is in prison later on in chapter 32. And his nephew, I believe it was, brought him like 17 shekels. And he's going to buy this piece of land in his hometown. And and why am I doing this? Why would I buy? You know, it looks really bad out there globally, doesn't it? Huh? World War Three, nuclear. It, it's bad. The Ukraine, it's just nutcases everywhere. If it were not so, he would have told us, right? Jesus told us these things would happen. So what is Jeremiah buying some land? The enemy's got the land. What are we doing this for? Well, he's telling them Israel's going to get restored. This thing ain't going to be. And he tells, he told Jeremiah, amen, in chapter 28, amen, of the captives in Babylon, you build houses. You plant gardens and you eat the fruit thereof of your labor. You take wives, we get sons, we get daughters, you give your sons and daughters. Amen. You seek the peace of the city and pray for it. That doesn't seem to compute. Huh? And so this is kind of the important part of this right here I want you to hear. He's just saying the same in parallel for us right here in America. You keep preaching. Keep going to the campus. Keep shouting the victory. Keep playing that piano, coming to church, worshiping God. Just keep doing what you know to do. That's what he told them because we're getting out of here one day. We're leaving this place. I plan on going to heaven. I plan on being there with the, 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 the multitudes upon multitudes of people. But until then, we've got to labor. In the midst of the destruction, there is hope, folks. We've got to reach for the souls. We've got to preach to the souls. We've got to do everything we can, amen, to pull people out of the fire. That's what he's saying here, at least in my estimation. I see the parallel here, amen, in in, in the midst of the sodomite, the liars, all these lying politicians, God-haters, evolutionists, in spite of all these atheists, amen, seeming captivity of our nation, amen, we got to keep doing what we know to do. Because one day, as Israel was restored, amen, our efforts and our labors for Christ will be rewarded. There is a reward for the righteous. There is a reward for the righteous. So embrace adventure. Did you hear that? Embrace adventure. I don't know where I dug that up, but let's embrace adventure. You know, let's you know, climb that mountain. You know, I told the story about Mallory and Irvine. You know, last entry in that twenty-seven thousand foot going to Everest was last entry was last seeing headed per summit. That's good. Last seen. What's your testimony? Can they, Can we say that about you? Amen. Last seen, headed for the summit. Come on. Last seen, headed for heaven. Amen. Amen. That's what he's saying here. Amen. Sail those uncharted waters. Walk the path of, uh, uh, you know, less traveled. Get on that. I mean, there's few people that serve God, so he's got plenty of time to hear your prayers. I mean, brought us away. There's a lot of people that don't pray to God. So he's got big ears and a lot of time. Matter of fact, he's got all the time in the world. He's eternal. Amen. Head for the mountains, right? Go to the wilderness. Get that one sheep. Ninety-nine are safe. Let's get after it, man. That's what he's saying here. Amen. To find that, the testimony of Enoch, the testimony of John, the testimony of Jeremiah. Powerful and, and very excerpts are very, you know, in these excerpts and these snapshots and screenshots of their life here. Amen. They were full of the life of God. Right. Full of God. Yes, sir. Amen. But it's midnight. It's midnight. And I draw your attention as I'm coming pretty close here to ending here. It's midnight. In Luke 11, 1 through 13, I won't read it, but there was a man here who had an unexpected guest. Jesus said in John 6 and 48, I am the bread of life. Didn't he say that? And so this guest came in an unexpected hour. And you know what hour that was? Midnight. Midnight. You see, was there no way to make provision for him at midnight hmm but to send this man away hungry or even give him a bed without any kind of a meal was beyond the laws of hospitality of the day you know so it's midnight and no bread it's you see that's the testimony for the most part of most people that profess to be christians they have no bread. Nothing. It's midnight hour. It's perilous times. Things are going bonkers. Things are going crazy. Everything's coming to pass. We know it is, and we're we're at peace with God. I'm okay with it because I know this thing's winding down, and the devil hath but a short time. But most people, they don't have any bread to give people. They're banging on their doors. You know the message of the prodigal church. People out there, there are some, there are some, albeit, that are looking in the right direction. I've talked to them on campus. I've seen them. And you have as well. And so the host is greatly embarrassed here. You don't have any bread. And how many times the host could have got bread himself and he neglected to get bread for himself and he didn't have any but for everybody else had come by. Huh? You see, it's midnight and sin has brought upon us the darkest hour. Sins that beggar all description. I think we could agree there. It's upon us. National sins. Political sins. Family sins. Personal sins. Every kind of sin you can think of. Local, county, city, Country, state, everywhere. It's everywhere. It's it's brought darkness, amen. Darkness shall cover the earth, Isaiah 60. And verse number 2 says. And it is true, amen, that there are people out there who love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds are evil. But I also believe there are people out there, amen, that are searching and looking in the right direction. And our job is to perceive Who they are. Not these, not this half converted stuff we find all the time. I'm talking about people that are really, really hungry. And you can tell them, can't you? You get, you know, we get out there enough and you can pretty well tell who, who the hungry ones are. You can pretty well tell who really wants this right here. You can tell who wants Christ, who wants to get right with God, who wants to repent, turn to Jesus, you know, I mean, for whatever reason. And it should be right reasons. But we've got to take heed that we've got these rivers of living water flowing through us. We've got to take heed that we've got this bread of life, amen. We've got the bread and the water. Because the testimony, amen, of Paul was, this thing was in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. See, we've got possess it. You see, that pleases God. That's what pleases God. In Matthew 12, 43 through 45, these unclean spirits, now listen to this, I'm getting done here. Unclean spirits depart from a man. Right? You know the story. When those unclean spirits leave somebody, they go through, it, 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 that man will go to a dry place, and, and, and there's no rest, and so what does he do? He returns to his house and he finds his house empty, right? Amen. I won't go through, but you see, I, I, I'm not going as far as the demons seven times more. We know the rest of the story. But I was looking at this word, empty, empty. He finds it empty. He findeth it empty. That That is man's tragedy right there. That's, right. That's the tragedy right you see, not you know, it's not that he had soiled hands. It's not that he had filthy, he was empty. You see, Jesus curses the fig tree, not because the fruit is poison, but because it bears no fruit. It was empty. He cut another one down because there was no fruit there because it was empty. You see, he, he said, you hew it down. Cast it into the fire. It's unprofitable. There ain't no cow. Amen. The parable of the talents. He didn't waste it on riotous living. He didn't pervert justice. He wasn't doing this evil that we know of. He, he, he didn't lose the money or the talent. Amen. But he did something worse. He hid it and came away empty. Come on. Come on. Empty. Good. He lost the talent and he lost his soul. The wedding feast. He was cast out. That fellow wasn't cast out because he was a murderer per se. Amen. He didn't have the garment. In other words, he wasn't saved. He was empty. Nothing home. You knock on that door and nobody's answering. Five foolish virgins. Amen. Some abomination among them. No. Their lamps were empty. Come on. None of the above would qualify. Or a good testimony. You see, our testimony in perilous times is, amen, salt, light, bread of life, amen, holy ghost water, oil, filling our lives, amen. And we live in an age, folks, where anything goes. Anything goes. It speaks in tongues, oh, they must have God. You better watch out. They're Slimy, sleazy snakes. You better watch out. You better try the spirits, you and I. We need to try those spirits that they're of God. Amen? You see, because it's the age of anything goes. Don't matter how you dress. Don't matter where you go. It don't matter how you talk. I mean, you can be a lesbian now. People are reprobate. They're at reprobation. I didn't think I would see, I really didn't. I am seeing reprobation in a rapidly I mean it is skyrocketing. It is nothing for sodomites when you get around on cue to start barking like dogs. I've had it happen several times. They just start barking. Like I didn't say anything about that. The Bible says they're dogs, and they're barking like dogs. You see age. Where anything goes. God's not merely ignored today. And I'm closing. He is resented. God is hated by mankind. Amen. He is vilified by mankind. Every opportunity with unimaginable arrogance. People in your face, God. Jesus Christ has been declared persona non grata. Persona non grata. You ain't welcome here, and you ain't accepted here. Amen. And the Bible no longer is authoritative. That's persona non grata too. Amen. And that's the testimony of our nation. And that's what happens. Amen. When there's no true north. When there's no objective standard for people to start with and end with. That's what happens. True north. Amen. You deviate from that. Heads are going to start rolling like John the Baptist. Jeremiah's put in a dungeon. Paul's put in stocks. He's in prison often and Jesus is nailed to a tree, that's a testimony that has pleased God. That pleases God. You see, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Men free to do what seems right in their own eyes. I'm telling you, it's the age where anything goes. I don't report to anybody but me. All right. How's that working out? And that is what these three men, and among others, spoke into their day. And their testimony was they pleased God. Now I'm closing here. I really am. I'm closing my closing. When you study history, patterns begin to develop. It begins to develop. The collapse of all the major empires. You can get this from the Bible, you can get it from history this is this is something we've learned some of you are homeschoolers you know what i'm about to say amen in, in essence amen but the collapse of all major empires as we know it including america as we know has not been from outward force but primarily inward corruption the empires of rome greece and babylon collapse upon its own greed they collapse upon their own lust. They collapse upon their own idolatrous practices and their whoredoms, and the list goes on and on. The average age of an empire, do you know what it was? It is, or what it was back then, according to history. 200 years. 200 years, and that's it. We're living on borrowed time here in America, folks. We are living on borrowed time. Amen. And the testimony of all these nations and all these kingdoms goes something like this. It goes something like this. Bondage, that moves on to spiritual faith, which moves on to great courage, which moves on to liberty, which moves on to abundance, which gives place to complacency. And then that gives place to apathy. It goes to dependence, and then we come full circle back to bondage. God will not be mocked. That's a testimony of these men. It's a testimony of a nation. What is our testimony? We can't let this be our personal testimony, can we? I started off in bondage, and I ain't ending up in bondage by the help and the grace and the Spirit of God. I ain't going full circle back to that hog pen and that vomit mit. What's your testimony? If you got your eye on that mesh, if you even think for a minute you can get away with that, and I'll just sort of, you know, tweak a little bit and sort of slide a little, you better chalk your wheel, ma'am, sir. Right. You better change. Yes, sir. You're going to go from bondage to bondage. I don't know where we are here. Where are you at on that little schematic? Are you in abundance? Are you complacent, apathetic? Are you dependent? You know. Are we full circle back? Are we? Are, do we have great courage? You know, I'm, that's the testimony. And I finish with this verse here in 2 Corinthians one and twelve. It says, "For our rejoicing is this." Paul writing here to the church of Corinth. For our rejoicing is this: the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity. Not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation, our testimony, our lifestyle, right? We've had our conversation in the world. You're in the world, but you're not of it, right? That's what he said. And more abundantly, to you. Praise God. We can have a good testimony, can't we? Amen. You can stand. You can stand. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Huh. I remember Sister Bridget. Uh, uh, this story come to me here. I'm gonna use you there. All right. You remember that Joyce Myers thing we preached down at the Metroplex, whatever it is. Remember that? Yeah, you've done a couple of them. I don't know how many times you've been there. Once. Once? Once. A lot. Well, one time we were there. I remember. There's, that, there's 75% of them are these feminists, you know, and they're just going in. Pock, 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 pock. And there they go in for Joyce. We're going to have a wonderful time. Well, I, I'll never forget it. There was a kind of a, a pastor. He was walking along. You, you might remember that fellow, somebody. I remember it. He he's walking along and he's following dutifully his wife and her two girlfriends, whatever they were. <laughs> and so i saw that i said what are you doing out here man so you know this way a liar a false teacher you know and on and on and i rebuked him and i don't know who else was around but i i remember talking to him well all of a sudden he just got you know all fired up you know he'd come over to us what are you talking about man i said you need to go on the boss is calling you you know come on I mean, these weak-kneed, gutless, come on. Right. gutless, right. following their wives to a Joyce Meyer deal. They served liquor up in there one night, didn't they, Brother Charlie? We saw it. I don't know which one it was, or some skillet or something. I don't know what it was. And mm. and and there, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's going, man. I said, you need to go on. Well, then they come out, and this was just a bridge we walked over. She was standing there. I remember, two or three of them come over there. We're going to cast the devil out of you. We're going to throw the devil out of you, man. You know, we're going to pray right now. Two or three of them got over there, and and you know, you had a sign. I think well, women shouldn't assert authority over the man, and whatever Timothy over there, and that was good. And 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 so I sidled up to him over there, you know, and and I did the Elijah thing. You know, maybe he's in the toilet. <laughs> maybe he's on a journey somewhere. And, and, and um, you know, I just, and they're playing, you know, they're doing this little charismatic cockadoodle, whatever. Yeah. It's just stupid. You know, what did you expect? Uh-huh. What did you expect when we come out here? Well, everybody's just going to get along, is them? I am getting along with that. You're deceived. You're full of the devil. You got a religious devil in you. And that prayer went nowhere. Just they finally come to whatever they were in the middle of. And and there we go, you know. And they just, well. Well, you know, we live in a day with that kind of stuff. right? And dare we, dare we, dare you and I back off from where we are right now. Uh-uh. That will be a really poor testimony. Because then you lose. With every eye on me in that jail, Brother Brian Hammer, they're looking at you. Yes, and sir. those eyes are watching you. What are you going to do, Wesley? What are you going to do, Charlie? What are you going to do? Huh? When they stick a gun to your head. Huh? What are you going to do when they pull a knife? How would that happen? You see, Brother Brick got tons of stories. Y'all know. we got to have something in us. This ain't something I can do in my own strength. I've got to have God. I've got to have a good testimony. Amen. And I want one. Do you? Man, let's let's come in and pray. Amen, brother. He's going to play play a song. And I don't know when the saints go marching in or something, whatever he's going to play. We need God to help us, don't we? We need a good testimony, don't we? If you're wavering, if there's something there, listen, God will give you the victory. You ain't got to be afraid. There's nothing out there that God hadn't conquered and the Holy Ghost ain't conquered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus.
1: I don't think there's any doubt that we live in the last of the last days. I think we all believe that. I've been born again 30 something years, and it's always been bad. You know, when I got born again, there was heresy, and heresy abounded. Uh, it was apostasy taking place, but the intensity of that apostasy at this hour, I, I've never seen um, the likes of it. There's a spirit of Antichrist deceiving people, just, and if you get empty, <laughs> If you give place to that spirit, you'll have another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. And so our testimony is to cling fast to the Lord Jesus and his word. And set our face like flint towards Zion, no matter what anyone thinks about it. Amen. Holding fast to the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew who that Jesus is the Jesus of the Bible. And the Jesus of the Bible is hated today. Even in the most conservative churches, hated and rejected. Amen. But by the grace of God, I'm going to hold to the word of God. How about you? Amen. Setting our face like flint. I'm not going to let my plow be turned. Amen. I'm going to keep on with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord Jesus a hand clap of praise. Good preaching. Hallelujah.